I love you, Jerome. He's on Facebook as my brother. You're the only one that's listed as my brother on yes, Facebook, by the way. Thanks for that. <laughs> well, all right then. Thank you. Well, tonight's message is called, Is God Bored With Your Life? And I wish that I could stand here and tell you that I was reading about that in some book, right? And about some guy in some faraway land that wrote about how God was bored with his life. But I can't do that because that was about me, right? It would be really nice if I could make fun of somebody else and say, oh, yeah, that clown, God's bored with his boring life, right? But it was me. And, uh, you know, before I go any further, let's just pray. God, I just thank you that as I look around this room right now, I see people that I love. And I see people that love me. And for so long, God, I didn't have that in my life. I'm so blessed to be a part of this community, to be a part of this family. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you speak tonight to open hearts and open ears and that everyone, including me, would leave here with a deeper revelation of your amazing love because that's the only thing that matters. Nothing else matters, God, and I just thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So it happened a couple weeks ago. I'm at work. I'm doing my route for CentOS Uniform Company, and uh, the Lord says, hey, son, by the way, I just want you to know that I'm bored with your life. See you later. And I was like, uh, well, that's awesome. Uh, I'm bored with my life too then, so what do I do now? You know, and I, I really felt like in order to change that, in order to make it to where he wasn't bored with my life and I wasn't bored with my life, I, I had to figure out what part of my life he was bored with, right? And for those of you who know me, I'm busy a lot. I work full time. I have a pool business that I do on the side. As Eric mentioned, I have an amazing eight-year-old son who's playing baseball right now. So I have my son every weekend, and then he's got baseball three or four times, you know, a week on top of that. So. I stay really busy, so it's not like I have a lot of time to sit around and say, oh, man, I'm so bored with my life. My life's, I don't have time for that. I'm like, go, go, go. So I'm like, okay, God, what part of my life are you bored with? And it took a while before I really wanted to hear an answer. You know, when you ask God a question, he'll give you an answer, but we don't always want to hear it, right? So I didn't ask him for a little while because I just wanted to keep going and not really worry about it. But finally got to a place where I was ready to hear his answer, and so I asked him. And he said, well, why don't we start with your prayer life? What have you been praying about lately? So I thought about it for a little bit. I said, well, I've been praying that my rent would get paid this month, because that's always awesome, right? Got to have your rent get paid. And I've been praying a blessing over my son, a blessing over my friends, a blessing over my family. And that was all that really came to mind. And then I got this picture, okay? I got this picture of God, and he's texting somebody on his phone. And I know, I was like, okay, that's awesome. And he was also talking to somebody at the same time. And I figure it was probably Jesus, right? Because he's in heaven and all that holy stuff. And they were also watching a movie. So I'm thinking, okay, it's Braveheart, a gladiator, or it could have been Notebook, right? Because God has a sensitive side. <laughs> Just saying. So God's multitasking, okay? And all of a sudden I see my prayers coming towards him. And he just goes, Phoom, and he doesn't even break stride with what he's doing. He doesn't even pay attention. He's like, Phoom, that's answered. You know? And I was like, Wow. So that was God telling me that my prayers were a little bit too small. Very much like this. This was me when I was praying. So obviously, a small prayer was a symptom of something going on inside of me that really shouldn't have been, right? And, uh, and that, was, that was pretty crazy. So let me just check my notes and make sure I'm not forgetting anything before I move on to my next point. Basically, when you have God challenge the way that you pray, 
that's crazy, right? I, I don't ever want that. I don't want him to be able to multitask and just dismiss my prayer with a wave without even thinking about it. Because if you look at the Bible, there's a scripture that's Ephesians 3, verse 20. And we should have that up here behind me in a second. It says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is working in us. So here's this God who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. He's calling me out. He's like, dude, your prayers are like this. There's nothing to them. Immeasurably more than all you could ask or imagine. And so I'm sitting there going, okay, God, well, I'm going to call your bluff then because I can imagine a lot, right? I can imagine no sickness in here, in this room, anywhere in any family member, no cancer, no sick kids. I can imagine no abused children, no autism. I can imagine all those things, right? So what about that, God? And God's like, yeah, I wouldn't be multitasking if that's the stuff you were praying. I want it to, when I pray, God says, okay, shh, shh, everybody be quiet. Because Roman's praying, and he's about to pray something crazy. And I love that guy's face. So everybody quiet so I can hear what he's going to pray for, right? That's what I want. And I love being a part of this community. You have guys like Eric Knopf, you know, and Eugene, and Sean Lawrence. And, and Eric's got Camille. You know, and Eugene's engaged to Angela. And Sean Lawrence, well, he's engaged to Mandy. Those are all amazing couples, amazing examples of godly relationships, right? And I'm like, well, I'm single. I go home to an apartment with a cat. That's <laughs> not that cool, <laughs> you know? So I can imagine a wife for myself, right? I can imagine a husband and a wife for a lot of people here because that's what a lot of us want. You know, that's not everything. That's definitely not the end-all, be-all of, of life. Trust me, I've been in the wrong kind of relationships, and I'd much rather be alone than be in some of those. But I wanted to talk to you about that a little bit, too, because about two years ago, somebody suggested to me, hey, why don't you make a list of what you're looking for in a wife? And I was like, man, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. <laughs> totally not going to do that. But then like a year ago, I was like, screw it. If it'll help, I'll do it, right? <laughs> so, so I'm home, and I'm like, okay, God, what do you think? You know, I'm making my list and stuff and checking it twice, right, because I want to make sure I got everything on there. And uh, at the end of it, God says, okay, what you wrote about right there, that is a queen, and that is my daughter, and that is exactly what you want. And he says, but what's on your list? What are you going to bring to that queen that's going to be worth marrying? I'm like, oh, man, God, that's got to be you because that is good, right? <laughs> so you better believe I'm working on my list. And I'm like, I'm going to have this and I'm going to have that. And it, it was awesome, right? Because so many times we think about what am I going to get from that relationship? What am I going to get from that person? And that's just not what it's about. If you go into it thinking like that, you guys will be miserable and, you know, the other person will be bored. And it will be a waste of everybody's time. And so I was, I've been working on the stuff that's on my list for like the last two years too. It's good. But, uh, you know, I just, uh, let me think here. I don't want to lose my train of thought on that. I just can imagine a lot. And I want you guys to take a minute and just imagine right now. If you got God who's calling you out, who wants to do immeasurably more than you can think of or imagine, what's on your heart? Just think about that right now. Just take a minute right now and think about what comes to your heart.
Well, I'm excited to hear about some of the things that God shared with you right now and probably throughout this night, maybe even tonight when you get home and go to sleep. And, and I'm, I'm pretty much willing to wager that whatever he revealed to you is things that without him are impossible, right? That's what we're talking about here is God-sized things. Because when I was praying like that for my rent and for my son, it doesn't take a lot of faith to do that. It doesn't take a lot of risk. It's pretty safe. It's pretty boring, you know. But when we pray for those things that without God are impossible, I think that's when we capture his attention. That's when he says, ha-ha, that's my son right there. That's my daughter. Look at what they're praying for. That takes some faith, you know. And I, I want us to consider right now Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 3. That's Jeremiah 33, 3. And it says, call to me and I will answer you. I'll tell you marvelous and wondrous things that you could never figure out on your own. That's God's invitation right there. He's got those things waiting for us. We just have to call and ask. But I have a feeling that with a lot of what's in our hearts, and maybe even a lot of what we just thought of, there's things that we wanted for a while, right? And we asked God for it for a while. I know I've prayed for a lot of things for a long time and not seen anything happen. So what happens? It's easy to get discouraged, right? And we stop praying for it. Maybe we throw a little dirt on that one. We figure, oh, it's, it's not meant to be. It's not part of, of God's will for my life. So we stop. We stop praying about it. And we start to think, well, I just got to learn how to live without that. And I think that's a bunch of garbage. Because what I get a picture of is God who's up there in heaven. He's got this room full of impossible things. And they're toys to me. I, I see a room full of toys. And these toys are these impossible things that we've been praying for. And I feel like every time we pray, you got like this scale that's, that's somewhere, you know. And every time you pray, you put a little weight on that scale, you tip it a little more, you pray, you keep praying, you tip it, you tip it, you tip it. But then it doesn't get answered by the time that we think it will. So maybe we stop. But all the while, that scale is getting ready to flip over. If we would just pray about it a little bit more, we would see the fruit of that prayer. And I know that the enemy loves to discourage us, right? And then he starts accusing us, and he's like, that's out of God's will, and, and that's not not part of, of God's plan for you. And I know that with me in the past, it's turned me into like Snuffleupagus, where I'm like, oh man, you know, bird, I, I'm waiting on God, and, and you know, God is good, and we're saying things that, that really don't mean anything, right? It's like we come up with ways to, to let God off the hook for not answering our prayers, when in reality is he's got this room full of toys of impossible things that he wants to give us. He came here to this earth and did what he did so that he could give us those things. It's all over the Bible. But we are the ones that, that stop asking. You know, and, and I feel like I have an advantage over a lot of you guys because of my son. I know a lot of people in here aren't parents. But, uh, man, my son, when he wants something, you should see that kid. You talk about stubborn and strong and stubborn. <laughs> I have no idea where he gets that, right? <laughs> Hopefully he gets part of that from me. But when he wants something, when he sets his mind to it, it's going to happen. And it's not because he's obnoxious sitting there going, Dad, 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 give me that. I want that. It's not like that because we don't let that, we don't take that. <laughs> it's just because he has goals. He knows what it takes to get what he wants. And he doesn't stop until he achieves it. And he doesn't check with me. He's like, well, Dad, is it okay if, if I want this? I mean, is this okay? Is this from you, Dad? I mean, what if this isn't from you? I, people do that all the time, right? I want to stay in God's plan. I'm staying in God's plan. Do you want me to do this, God? Is that okay? If my son was like that anytime he wanted something, I'd be like, son, could you just please stop? Because you're wearing me out, you know? 
He doesn't need my permission to want what he wants. He just wants it. And I love that because time after time, that kid will save his money. You know, up until he bought some stuff recently, he had like 250 bucks in savings and he's eight. You know, I'm like, dude, kick in. Where's my allowance, son? You know, he is a great saver. The other thing I love, he was totally ministering to me with this one. It was right before Christmas, and a lot of times when my son and I pray together before he goes to sleep and stuff, we'll pray about the things that we're thankful for, and we'll just start naming them off. You know, I'm thankful for this and thankful for my truck and my job and whatever. And uh, my son one day started thanking God for things that he wanted that he didn't have yet, you know. And at first I was like, you shouldn't be doing that. What are you doing, you know? I thought he was being sarcastic, like thanks for our big screen TV and thanks for my PS3. And thanks for my electric razor, you know, that scooter. I was like, you can't do that. You, you, what are you mocking God right now? But the Holy Spirit was like, just stand down. Just, you know, give the kid a minute. And within two months, we had all the stuff that he was thanking God for. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? And we got great deals on all of it because I don't have a lot of spare money. But it was provided for. And God showed me, look, he was thanking me for what he wanted. Now he's got it. So my eight-year-old's ministering to me. That is, I love that story. That's my favorite. So getting back to my story a little bit, obviously the symptom that I was, you know, manifesting was the small prayers, right? My prayers are too small. But what I love to do in my life and in my relationships, I like to get to the root of the problem. So what is the problem? If my symptom is my prayer is too small, what's at the root of that? And it's the orphan spirit. Because when you're an orphan, you don't have a global vision. You don't have dreams. You don't think about people outside your circle. It's all about me. What am I getting today? What's in front of me today? What can I get that's going to make me feel good today? That's all you care about is now, now, now. And with God, he's so gentle and kind, right? There's never any guilt or shame. He's like, son, you were an orphan for a long time. For like up until I was 30, I was pretty much an orphan nonstop all about the day and what felt good, and if it was too hard, I wasn't going to do it, you know, all that stuff. So it's old patterns in my life. That's it. He says, it's okay, no problem, you know. It takes a lot of effort to stay out of something that we were in for so long. It's just training your thoughts. It's making new patterns, and that's what we're all doing. And uh, I, I'm going to have him put up this scripture about transforming your mind. You guys will probably know which one it is. I think it's probably already up there. There it is, Romans 12, 2. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind because that's what we're all doing. And my other favorite one I haven't put up there right now is John 8, 32. I think it's John 8, 32. The one about knowing the truth. There we go. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So I wanna, I wanna talk to you guys a little bit about that truth tonight because for a long time in my life, if you wanted me to write a book on why God was mad at me, why my prayers weren't getting answered, why he was disgusted with me, why I was a piece of garbage, why he was too busy for me, I could do all that. I could write a novel in one sitting probably for all the reasons that God just wasn't going to come through for me. I knew that one backwards and forwards because I felt like I lived it all the time. And uh, that was pretty rough, you know, but I went through a, a course that a lot of us here have gone through called Christ Life. And it really helped me to renew my mind and to replace the, the old lies, the garbage that I was just telling you about, with God's truth. 
And one of the exercises in part of this course was that you write a letter. And, and in particular, this one was you write yourself a love letter. Yeah, I was thinking probably the same thing a lot of you were thinking. I'm like, that, again, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, right? I'm not going to write myself a love letter. <laughs> and actually, it was my sister who called me out on that and said, well, if we all have to do it, then you have to do it too, right? Or something like that. So I ended up writing the love letter. Thanks, Amber. And uh, I wasn't going to share it with you guys because, you know, it's whatever. It's a love letter, and who wants to, to share that? But I felt like it would be a good idea to do that. And the reason is I think a lot of us can write a book about why God is not happy with who we are. But I think the idea of writing ourselves a love letter is, is pretty new. It was new to me. I was like, a love letter? Mm-mm, I'm not going to do that. But I, eventually, after I got over the idea of how crazy that was, I decided to write it, and I brought it, so I'm just going to share it with you, and as I read it, I want you guys just to ask the Holy Spirit what he has for you, because it isn't just about me and my love letter to myself, right? It's about all of us. It's about how God feels about every person in here. That's the only thing that matters is how much he loves us. When we figure that out, everything else takes care of itself. So I'm going to read this. It's dated November 14th of last year, and it says, Roman, I love you so much. Your strength determination, your willingness to push against the current, to go where people won't, to jump off the cliff with no parachute. Kind of crazy, right? To pursue your dreams. You have made so much progress in the last three years, it's ridiculous. You like to fight when it's for the right reason. You look for opportunities to speak truth, even when it's tough. You are a willing vessel a new wineskin. You are strong physically and mentally. You haven't even tapped into your potential yet, but you will. You're on God's road for your life, Roman. You've only just begun. You bring peace to people that will receive it, or you just dust off your feet and keep moving. You are God's son. He is for you and with you. We are victorious together. We get led from glory to glory, not a care in the world. You are doing great, and I'm so proud of you. You are truly learning to be a man, a father, a son, a lover, and a giver, a server, a leader, a warrior, a pastor, a shepherd, a savage defender and protector of truth. Hardcore physically, a great dad. You got it right, Roman. You are beautiful. (laughs) You have been through the purifying fire. And you are a force to be reckoned with. Faithful, worthy of the prize, God is happy with you. One of my dreams is to pursue acting, so I wrote, you'll make a great actor. You really are learning to trust God. Boom. You are rich in all the ways that matter. Strength and honor, you do both so well. The orphan who prays small can't write a letter like that. He doesn't know that about his loving father. He doesn't know that God is madly in love with him or her. But the person who wrote this letter, that was written by the son. I wrote that when I was in a good place, when I was thinking about his love and what he wanted to tell me that was good. And I just want to encourage you guys because that's you. I I really would encourage you to write a love letter. And if you can't do it or it sounds ridiculous, you're not alone. I was right there with you. But that's all the more reason why you should do it, right? Because it's not easy. If it's easy, then what's the point? It's a waste of time. And also, if you really feel like you can't, it might be a good idea to think about Christ's life, you know? 
It was a, a program that really helped me to replace a lot of those lies with a lot of that truth. And I just want to share some more truth with you guys because, you know, if it's important to you, it's important to God. If it's on your heart and it matters to you, it matters to him. You know, and it's easy. It's so easy to get discouraged when, when those scales don't tip when we think they're going to. It's so easy to just stop and to say, okay, God, I'm going to be righteous and holy, and I'm going to learn how to live without that prayer being answered. And we accept things that we don't have to accept. We settle for things, and we don't have to settle for them at all. You know, I, I love the word perseverance, because in the middle of the word is the word sever. And what I love is what David did to Goliath. He severed his head. So perseverance severs the head of our enemies. And I love that. And, and also, as many of you guys know, whenever you start chasing your dreams or, or going after something that's bigger than you or, or getting after those impossible things, right, those things that require God to show up, there's an enemy. A couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine texted me and said, I need Jesus in my life. Haven't heard from her since. It's just because of fear, you know. It's just that accuser goes, whoa. She said, what? I better go spend a little time messing with her and get her off track. That's what he likes to do. He loves to try and discourage us, especially when we're taking our promised land. You know, and the promised land in the Bible is full of giants, right? Full of Goliaths that are just way too big. And it looks intimidating. And I feel like for a long time in my own life, I was like this. I was like, man, I have these dreams, but well, I'm looking over there, and I really want to go after them, but there's Goliaths over there, you know? I'm kind of scared. They look pretty big. So I think I'm just going to hang out over here. Are they still there? Shoot, they're still there. <laughs> Did they see me? I don't think they saw me. Those guys, I don't want, want to mess with them, you know? And so we go stand way over here. When God has called us to do what? What's that? Yeah, be over there, right? So, but, but this was me. And I, and I started talking louder, but I forgot I have the mic, so I don't have to yell even though I'm farther away from you guys. I'm like... Are they still over there? Oh, shoot, they're still there. I'm not going to go over there. So I'd be like, okay, cool. I'm not going to fight for my promised land. I'm just going to stay over here. <laughs> and this was me for the longest time. <laughs> but God stepped in. Because that's what he does, right? He trains us. And he equips us. And he gives us a weapon like this. And he says, Goliath, who? Don't you know who my dad is? Come here, I have a message for you. Goliath, oh, Goliath, oh, I'm real scared. Are you kidding me? You're going to mess with me when I have this? That's ridiculous, right? You don't go looking for trouble against somebody who's carrying this. This is amazing, right? And now I know what you're thinking because Maybe you're going up against somebody who has a gun, right? And, and I would say, especially if you're like from not a nice area, you're like, yeah, but what about a nine or, you know, a Glock or whatever? And, and I would say that in the spirit, a lot of us do have machine guns and sniper rifles and all that stuff, right? But I don't have any of those at home, so this is what I brought. And I think this is pretty good. And uh, this brings me to uh, the picture. If you guys could put up the picture of the warriors. That is a beautiful picture. Because if what I'm saying to you 
resonates with you at all. You know, it's funny. I love this picture because you look at the dude on the right, and he's just standing there, but who's going to be the first one to die if they're in actual combat? It's going to be him. And, and I'll tell you what, I was him for the longest time in my 20s, right? I'm 35. So for my whole 20s, I was like that dude who was off doing his own thing. I, I tried looking for fulfillment and drinking and females and dating and my job and spending money and all that stuff. Anything that I could think of other than God to make my life complete, I pretty much tried it out. And none of it worked. But I was definitely like that guy who was off by, by himself, getting picked off all the time, you know. I would even go in cycles. Like I would go to church every once in a while. I'd be like, man, church is awesome. But then I'd get drunk or do something stupid and feel guilty and full of shame and beat myself up and pull back from church. And then I'd be like, man, my life sucks. Something's got to change. And then I'd go to church and go through that whole cycle all the time, right? Couldn't figure it out. And then, of course, as some of you might remember from my testimony, I started meeting some of the people from here and started to let myself settle in and have roots. And you talk about facing a Goliath that scared me. That scared me forever. I was like, you're not getting close, not getting close, because you're just going to hurt me, and I'm tired of it, right? That's what I said. But when I finally decided to let people get close to me and to let God love me and to stay, stay still for a minute, that's when my life started to change. And that's when, I'm glad it's still up there, when you have your brothers and your sisters that can rally around you, I mean, you look at that pack on the left, they're pretty well defended. Now, if they were in a real battle, their shields would probably be longer and go all the way to the ground there, so nothing could get through it. But you don't have that kind of protection when you're by yourself. It's only when you're in community. And that's a risky thing, right? I wasn't willing to take that risk for a long time. But the only one who suffered because of that was me, you know? Well, and the people who wanted to get to know me, they suffered. They suffered too. I could make everybody suffer. It was easy. But I just want to tell you that you guys don't have to do life by yourselves, you know. And, uh, and I would just encourage you because there's people in this community that are safe. And I'm standing here, and uh, that's proof. So if you need proof, there it is. It's me with the microphone. I don't even know how that happened. They're probably going to be like, he's never getting the mic again, right? But uh, that's really what, what God has been showing me. And so I just want to challenge you tonight because what's the point of this whole message? Revelation from God is awesome, but without application, revelation from God is pointless. You know, when he told me my prayers were boring, I could have ignored it, could have done nothing with it. But what good would that do anybody? And, you know, I love revelation from God. I love it. I can't live life without it. Without revelation from God, to me, my life is boring. I'm like, man, what is going on? I need something fresh and new to think about, Right? But the way to get more revelation is to obey the one that you already got. And so my prayer for you guys and for me too is that he would just open our ears and that we would hear from him so accurately that we would know when he's talking to us. Because when he's talking, it's not full of guilt and shame and it's not going to beat you down. It's going to be like, son, daughter, you're better than that. This is where you are. Get your face out of the gutter. You don't belong down there. Stop sitting down there because you think that's where you belong. You know, God loves you. He's got so much more for each and every one of us than we can even comprehend. Beyond all we can imagine, and we can imagine a lot. He created us that way, so I want to call his bluff with that. I really do. And so I tell you that to, to say this. I, I want to share with you guys the application that I made on the whole prayer thing because I was at work today, and I saw this guy in a wheelchair. 
And one of the things that, that I can imagine is no occupied wheelchairs, right? That's what I want. The healing ministry, the stuff where I pray and people get healed, I want that. That's exciting. That takes God. That's impossible stuff that needs God. And so today, prayed for the dude in the wheelchair. And I was nervous, and it was kind of awkward, but I just walked up and introduced myself and said, hey, how's it going, blah, 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 can I pray for you? And he was like, yeah, sure. And I did. And he didn't get up and start running down the street like I wanted him to, <laughs> but I still believe that that's going to happen. Because Jesus said, you'll do greater things than these. You'll do what I've been doing and greater things. I'll settle for what Jesus was doing at this point, because if, if Jesus prayed for that guy, he would have gotten up out of that wheelchair and started running up and down the street. Do I have the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had? Or do I have some watered-down Holy Spirit? God doesn't do things halfway, you know? We have the same Holy Spirit. God is just waiting. He's like, man, will somebody just let me into the situation so I can swing this thing and cut the enemy off of people's lives? I know that's what he wants to do in all of our lives. It's just get us out of the box. Get us off of the... The pen and paper that's so safe, you know, we, we make these safe little worlds where nothing really amazing happens. And I want some more amazing things to happen. There you go. So tonight, if you have any kind of physical ailment, I know some of us are going to be getting together and praying for uh, some people to be healed. And I just want to encourage you guys, if you have any kind of sickness and stuff, or if anybody's on your heart, or whatever you need prayer for, just come to the front, because if you don't ask, you're definitely not going to get it, so it doesn't hurt to ask. That's all I got. <laughs> so it's like Roman shared with you, whatever is on your heart, if you're the person who's never really been able to be a part of any community, you've never really come in, and you, you're always off to the side, you feel like you never belong, you're always going to get picked off. You never make it. None of us do. I can't. I absolutely hang on to the people who are good people. And I hang on to, none of us are perfect. We all have our struggles. But I just want to encourage you tonight, if you're here and Roman, what he spoke, said something to you, come forward because we would love to pray with you and see what God has to say with you say to you. There are, are people who have prophetic words. Um, if our prayer ministry team will come up. And we're just going to spend some time in worship. The Holy Spirit just worship God because the Holy Spirit can speak to you exactly where you are. But many times when you have the courage to go forward and to walk up and acknowledge I have a need, God so comes around you with all of his strength and all of his power. It's so amazing what he's doing in the lives of a lot of us in this uh, room tonight. So we're going to spend some time in worship. We're so glad that you came. Um, just come up and we'll be happy to pray for you.
Say 